Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Navarra, and we've got a packed show, tons to talk about in the injury world around the NFL. It is World Cup finals this weekend. I am going to Charlotte with Lance. Lance bought a new apartment in his old apartment building after a brief hiatus so he's back down across from the uh bank of america stadium and we'll be going to the steelers game this weekend so before we get into it uh danny got anything you'd like to say yeah i want to take this time to uh dedicate this week's episode to mike leach rest in peace big dog uh just a true uh just just a, a a dynamic irreplaceable personality of of the college football world he will be missed tragic tragic story um really pulling for the uh the old bulldogs in their bowl game hail state rest in peace coach genuine individual and that showed very much so in his interviews obviously but i think that also showed with his his coaching because he was not one to get maybe all the five star and the blue chip recruits yet his teams were always competitive year in and year out uh, uh, in three different power five programs including uh, uh gardner menchu there at quarterback that's a cool uh as a cool career and story and uh, person that he was uh, definitely someone I would I look up to and aspire to. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Mike Leach has uh, left me all discombobulated here, so let's jump into the next piece of news, which is T. Higgins. Some of you may have experienced T. Higgins being pulled off of the injury report on Friday. Uh, maybe Saturday, and you think, okay, we're, it's week 14, fantasy playoffs, uh, good to go, T. Higgins. You know, no one, we weren't, I should, should say no one, I wasn't expecting him to have uh, his typical target share and his volume that he usually has been producing this past six weeks or so, but I was expecting him to be on the field for more than 50% of the snaps and have at least five targets if not more and he didn't play at all he i apparently heard he snuck onto the field one of the first plays of the game but that's bullshit in itself because you had him activated you had him on one of one of your 53 men uh to play and he gave him a helmet to go out there. So you can't say the kid snuck onto the field when you, he's got, you let him have his helmet in his hand and, and you're telling him he's allowed to fucking be a part of the 53 man roster. Who's you're saying he's allowed to be on the field. So, you know, the whole thing is bullshit. Uh, fuck the Bengals. They're a bunch of cheating fucking whores and fuck them to death. And they should get the death penalty uh, for, for this. Uh, cheating bullshit and what do you have to add i think you pretty much said anything anyone could say there so i'm I'm good yeah talk to bangles 
And I don't I don't blame T. Higgins for this. Like it's not his decision. It was his decision to sneak onto the field for one play. Although I think they just they put him out there for one snap to try and continue the charade. Let's move on to uh Devontae Parker. Another big injury story here from week 14. He was not happy with how the NFL and the third-party doctors handled his concussion on the field where he was had to be picked up off of the ground, and uh, Nelson Aguilar had to like basically help him line up for the next play. And then, and then finally, you know, I, th- I think it is Nelson Aguilar finally like got the ref's attention and was like, you know, he, he cannot play the next play. So, you know, I listened to Pat McAfee show what they had to say about it. And they're a little bit more generalized on the subject of, is it the spotter's fault? Is it the ref's fault? Is it the, the sideline doctor? Are these people actually competent at their jobs or are they not doing their jobs well on purpose because maybe that's what they were directed to do? They're not allowed to say they have to dance around the situation because they're actually, you know, making money doing their podcast or you know radio show and um, and sponsored by the NFL. Or, or so we don't have any of that. We can say what we want, and I'm going to say that it's everybody's fault. Uh, besides the ref, because it's not the referee's job to check on uh, every player. And players get hurt, I don't know, every three plays. There's somebody who's at least a little bit hurt or like groaning or in pain. So it's not the referee's job to check on the player every single play. But it is certainly the spotter that they hired to put in the box up top with uh, binoculars and technology and everything. And they're watching the game on a monitor and they have the binoculars and, and everything. So when I see a play on television, I can pretty much tell with a formal, I have a formal degree and formal training, but only five years experience with college and high school football. And and I can tell within within 10 seconds if that person needs to come off the field or not, because that's my job. That was my job to do exactly that. And this person and that's on the sideline where a ton of shit's going on and and you're doing other stuff on the field. The doctors on the sideline, the NFL game, I'm sure, are watching every play or, you know, about every play. But. It's a little hard to tell from the sidelines, I'm sure. The spotter, though, however, is watching the game on a closed circuit television and probably the a broadcast monitor and uh and watching the field it live. So there's no excuse for why the spotter shouldn't be able to tell that uh because it was all on the broadcast television cameras and it was definitely then on like I think he also has a camera. He gets to choose the cameras he wants to look at too, but he's got basically an all 22 view of the field as well on another TV. So 
absolutely no reason why you see someone literally having to be helped up off of the ground after a huge hit. And he was the ball carrier, I'm pretty sure, on that on that play he got his bell rung. So that's just negligent of the spotter. And I'm going to say then in that case, it's also negligent of the sideline doctor, the third party, and the team doctor for not pulling him out of the game after something so egregious and obvious. Uh, you, uh, what do you think before I keep going? I could keep going on for a while about that. Yeah, you were uh, you were passionate about that one, but uh, I, you know, I don't know how it, it was just such a noticeable thing. You know, even I don't know how the spotter who that's his job would be to notice that how he doesn't notice it when he's literally stumbling trying to get lined up. He's right in front of the line judge, who's you know whose little literal job is to essentially check the formation, and he's got to at least look at him. You know, seeing if he's on the ball, all that, all those things while he's stumbling, can't stand up. So definitely an, an error there, especially when, you know, you watch these games and uh, someone who seems like they showed no symptoms and no nothing and they still get pulled out for a play or two to get checked because the spotter triggered something. So weird miss there, but uh, I think Steve uh, covered all the all the bases there. Yeah, it's... So the the reverse of it, which Pat McAfee show brought up, was, well, if we complain about this too much, and it's the player has Devonte Parker has every right to be upset, you know, because he's not in the right headspace to say, hey, I need to come out of the game. He's got a concussion. He probably is just trying to. He he's not oriented to his time and space is what it is. He's not he's not oriented to his situation, and so it's not up to the player to say I need to come out for a head injury because that is a head injury. You don't you're not you have a lack of awareness. So uh, as well as, uh, as this though, the point is the point they're making though is that if we start taking people out if the spotter starts taking players out every single time they're you know cut they, they get up slowly you know they could be getting up slowly for a number of different reasons um you know just got the wind knocked out of them got hit in like you know the gut the soft tissue area which where there's no padding and and they're getting up slowly that way it, it is a tough job i'm not going to take that away from from them and I don't think the answer is take take the player out every time that they get up slowly or they look like they're um in pain but when they are when you see the play and, the, and when you see them get hit right in the helmet right right in the head and you see any sort of whiplash mo- whiplash <laughs> Chuck Pagano whiplash motion or head hitting the ground, bouncing off of the turf, you know, those are just two objective materials. So, so really the answer here is uh, as a long winded way for me to come back around to, there needs to be more objective material for these doctors and spotters to make these decisions because right now it's completely 100% subjective as to when uh, someone needs to be pulled out of the game. So I think there just needs to, the first step here in heading towards the right direction without overreacting is 
create some objective material as to when a player should be pulled out for a head injury. And we'll leave it at that. Speaking of head injuries, our boy Kenny Pickett, and we'll just go on a little Steelers fit here to end the NFL news segment. Uh, Kenny Pickett, obviously, illegal hit, uh, fucking bullshit, no call. They they called that other thing in the Sunday night game where Justin Herbert gets tackled with the ball in his hand, and and the the defender literally pulls up the the absolute first moment that he can pull up. Yet that was roughing the passer. Uh, this is Kenny Pickett gets dragged down by his face mask, and uh, his head is pushed into the turf by the defender's hand uh, in a rotating motion. No call. I digress. He's got a concussion. He practiced today, which is Wednesday. Uh, just uh, individual drills. It sounds like limited, but that would be that would mean he is on pace to play on Sunday. Now, whether or not he should is a completely different conversation, but he is on pace to to come back and play on Sunday in Carolina. What do you have to say about uh, Kenny and, and and Mitch? If you want anything. Yeah, I mean, it's part of what I've been bitching about all year. Uh, Kenny, you know, being thrown out there. I don't think he should be. I don't think he's ready, and I don't think it's smart for the Steelers to do. You know, now you have your 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 franchise guy, the guy that's supposed to be your franchise guy, with his second concussion in, in a, inside of a span of two months. Um, so, they sh- you know, they should deactivate him for the year. They shouldn't put him back out there to get his third concussion. You know, the kid, he's playing hard, you know, and he's a, he's a, he's a tough kid, you know, wants to give it his all, doesn't have a great pocket awareness, wants to tuck and run. You know, he, he looks to run too early and, and to escape. He's taking a lot of hits. Um, illegal hit or not, you know, it, sh- it should have been flagged, but regardless, whether you get the flag or not, he still has the concussion. So um, obviously should have been a flag. But Kenny taking taking too much damage out there, um, you know. I, I mean, we could talk about Mitt. It just just an absolute travesty of a game. Can't move the ball with with Kenny in there. Um, you know, couldn't even get a first down. Uh, dug us a 10-0 hole. Trubisky looked good minus the interceptions. If you look, if you look at the the stat line, his stats are freaking great. Just with the three bad picks in scoring territory. So you have the you know, you have the three picks, uh, one of which uh, Sims, the, the the slot guy, his first name's escaping me right now, um, basically came out and said that was his fault. He he messed something up that gave Trubisky the wrong read, I guess. The the, the third one where he just didn't see the safety was just absolutely, uh, you, you can't make that throw. If you get out, the, you get out of there, you know, the, the difference in the game, um, you know, the three field, the three picks, the blocked field goal, and Mike Tomlin's egregiously soft always always soft error of you know punting the ball on fourth and short at the 40 yard line you know you get out of one of those situations with three points you win the game so um you lost to a third string undrafted rookie quarterback just inexcusable mike tomlin needs to be out of here uh kenny pickett needs to be on the bench the rest of the year and why did why the hell did you keep mason mason rudolph if he's not gonna be active or playing at all so just an absolute travesty of a season for the Steelers, and I can't wait for it to be over. 
Yeah, that was a hard three hours. Uh, Teresa was not in the house, and she, and so I was just there by myself and pretty much stood up the entire game. Um, I also had the quad box going for for red zone, three other games, and fantasy was pretty pretty wild. So all of that together made for a very anxious uh, one to four thirty p.m. for me. But that was that was hard to watch. I think Mitch Trubisky is the starter on Sunday in Carolina. And if we if he turns the ball over, if he throws a pick, I think I think uh, the Rudolph. It's December. It's time for Rudolph to to take flight again. Unfortunately, and that's where we're at now. I will say one thing you you mentioned was Kenny Pickett shouldn't be out there taking damage. I disagree because he's twenty four years old. And I think that is another factor as to why we should just give him the playing reps now to try to improve his game. And I think it it did take him these first few weeks there of him playing to realize that he's got to elevate his game rather than just just learn the the game and he's taking it more seriously. You know, they they said he's made that little study den. And he has just locked himself in a in a closet basically to study film every week now. I don't think he would have been doing that if we would have just been suffering through Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky showed us why Kenny Pickett, we had to put Kenny Pickett in back to that Jets game. Although, one last point, if you look back retroactively at the Jets game, Jets ended up being one of the top three defenses in the uh league DVOA. So, you know, the fact that Mitch Trubisky got benched for not scoring a touchdown against the Jets defense that allows like I don't know, but not very many touchdowns per game as it is. Uh maybe maybe it was a little uh preemptive there, a little because premature. They should have had they should have had a touchdown. He he cost them one drive with the with the drop um that got picked and then he didn't get his feet in on the on the beautiful pass. Um I mean, I think, I think it's even with the interceptions. I mean, it's not, it's not even comparable. You know, driving, driving forty yards, fifty yards, and throwing a pick is better than going three and out and punting and getting your defense right back on the field. And like I said, you know, you, you had what five yards of offense before uh, Pickett gets hurt, and then you have, you know, you move the ball every drive. You know, you got into Ravens territory on every drive. You just threw three picks. You missed a field goal, um, and you and you punted. Um, within within Ravens territory when when the announcers are basically saying oh yeah this is definitely a situation you go for it of course of, I mean Tomlin would punt on fourth and inches at the 35 so he's obviously gonna it's just he always has he always will but I mean the 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 you know the he's 24 he needs playing time I just vehemently disagree with that I mean you look at Mahomes Mahomes didn't play right away you know Lamar Jackson didn't play right away uh, Jalen Hurts didn't play right away. I mean, all the you know these these top tier guys that are just dominating the league right now. They 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 sit, they develop. You don't get them seven. This is what the this is what the Browns did for two decades. You know, you don't throw your guys out there and get them beat up, get them seventeen concussions by year two. Um, it's just not. The other just, the end of it where he did get thrown in there and. I know yeah. Josh Allen's a a way. He's a monster of a man. He's still. Uh, didn't start immediately. I mean, he came in 
few games into his rookie year, probably similar similar time to uh, to yeah, pick it actually. But yeah, there's there, there's examples of both both situations being successful of waiting and not waiting. I I just think you take it for our situation in our context of. Um, yeah, you could kind of tell by week four, Mitch Trubisky probably wasn't going to be a, our franchise quarterback. So why not see if the kid you drafted in the first round is going to be your franchise quarterback? And I think we've accomplished that question being answered that we are going to move forward indefinitely with Kenny Pickett uh, for the rest of his his rookie deal here. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, you you have to. He's on a fully guaranteed rookie deal. I mean, you're obviously he's he's on the team regardless, but you still Trubisky was never supposed to be the future, but but Kenny certainly isn't the current. And um and uh, you know, yeah. through through two months of him playing, that's very still very very apparent that he doesn't give you a great chance to win or compete. Finally, if the you know, TJ Watt has come back and has not been him his same self. And like I said last week, or not last week, when I, I said when he got hurt and was coming back, I was saying, I don't like it. I don't I don't think he should be coming back. I know the Steelers are in like must win territory in that part of the season, but what are we trying to win for? Like we are not making the AFC championship game even by like luck. Uh, so why why are we forcing T.J. Watt out there at the very minimal, really less than the minimal time frame it takes for that injury to fully recover? And it is evident in his play. He's had one and a half sacks in the last five games. That is not T. That is not the hundred and eighteen million dollar T.J. Watt um, that we we know and have known. So. They clearly rushed that back too, and I think they fucked it up. And when TJ was asked about his rib injury, his response this last week was, "What does it matter anymore?" Um, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to take that as, um, you know, what 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 do the ribs even matter anymore? I've been playing hurt, you know, pretty much my whole career, but definitely this year I've been playing with a pretty significant injury upper body injury and it's probably hurts like fucking hell every sunday evening for him and and uh and that sucks for him i feel bad for him because oh, yeah. he's out there for no reason right now i just i read into it as like you know he's he's putting in all this work in his prime to you know to be what he is and you're you know you're frustrated at the record you're frustrated at your situation i mean i i can't imagine being in being on this team and watching them essentially waste waste a year waste this you know that you have yep. the prime of all these guys i mean it's it's been it's been a this i this is a terrible terrible terribly managed team in season i mean just one of the worst biggest train wrecks of of Steelers football that I've that I've been alive for. Yeah, this is the hardest uh Steelers year we've ever we've ever had to endure uh that I can remember. The nineties and, and early two thousands, I mean you you had teams not nearly as talented as this team that were competitive and I would know. say the Mason Rudolph year was worse because that defense was lights out, though. Yeah. I mean, that defense was insane. That's what I'm saying. If we had a healthy Ben Roethlisberger that year, 
instead oh, yeah. or a healthy how about a healthy mason rudolph mason team, rudolph was playing lights out not lights out but mason rudolph was playing excellent for a rookie quarterback his first two games and then what happened he got fucking illegally hit by the fucking baltimore ravens you Earl fucking Thomas. scumbag cocksucking baltimore ravens fuck you fuck you to death fuck the Bengals. fuck the ravens fuck the browns but definitely fuck the ravens you fucking scumbags I mean, he's never been the same since that fucking concussion when they took his face mask off and is ultimately one of the funniest screenshots of all time. Absolutely. But, I mean, but even the same person, since. even even Duck came in and, and looked OK. I mean, Duck looked better than Kenny Pickett has. That was fun. But this this. Uh, oh, yeah. The duck, I do. That was a fun season because you had no expectation. But I mean, this year, I mean, that that team was still that team was eight and five. They lost their last three games in typical Tomlin fashion to miss the playoffs, yep, I was at in, the Jets in, game. including the Jets. I was just going to say the fucking Jets. Ah, ten to three. And it's just, ah, man. Oh, man. I think it was 10 to three at half. We got like a fumble. TJ Sam, Sam Darnold. Tore, oh my goodness! Oh no, and we're playing Sam Darnold again, and that's who I saw them lose to on the road in New York. Oh no, if Mason Rudolph, if Mason Rudolph plays this Sunday, put everything you have in your savings account on the Carolina Panthers. It's history repeating itself. Well, no, Duck Duck started that game actually, and 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 that was when Duck the Duck magic started to wear off. Defenses kind of figured him out a little bit, and he was struggling. And Rudolph came in in the in the end. Look, actually looked all right. It was it was Duck that fell behind and Rudolph that made it close in the end. But that's right. I do remember seeing still, a couple still, duck a duck masks, duck heads. Yeah. All right, we've we've talked enough about how the fucking train wreck Steelers get in. Yeah, the, but it was get fun. Into some injuries. It was not uh, fun. It was tremendous. It was. I, I have. I'm shivering. I'm about to throw up. Let's move on to another train wreck: the Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray. At least our quarterback. It, problems don't cost 235 million dollars and you know kid blew his acl out that sucks uh but now he can go play Warzone two that's all absolutely right. sucks i apologize for tweeting out that it looked like an achilles um you know based on the injury it was either achilles or acl but i swear that that calf quivered a bit when he when he planted with that right foot but uh turns out it was the knee um, you know, obviously non-contact, just the plant pop, plant twist pop mechanic like that. You know, it's a, you know, when the knee's involved, you know, it's an ACL. So it, it regardless wasn't good. Um, long, long recovery ahead. And he's not a guy with a huge, you know, significant injury history, but a guy that depends so much on his, his legs and his explosiveness. This is going to be a tough, uh, return for Kyler Murray tough return to play so you know you think that uh the the early time frame is just putting him back for like preseason regular season um a more prolonged time frame you know you're missing extended time next year so not a good look for Kyler who was already you know very much so underperforming based on that huge huge contract um and you got to think he's going to be underwhelming the next year or two recovering from this injury just as a guy who's so dependent on his legs and his athleticism so oh this horrible, could be a, a cam newton situation horrible horrible situation for the cardinals if you're a cardinals fan uh you are a 10 out of 10 hammering the panic button right now yeah you're fucked 
uh, more than us. And that's saying something. Let's move on to another team that's fucked with a $200 million quarterback problem, the Denver Broncos. They're riding all the way to hell uh, with Russell, Russell Wilson concussed. He needs to sit out the rest of the year. I uh, I would imagine he will. I have absolutely no reason to believe that he will come back and play this season. And he shouldn't. They should put him on the IR so I can fucking take him off of my vampire league that I'm in the playoffs of and pick up someone else. But they won't do that. That makes too much sense. Um, Russell Wilson, definitely not playing this week. Uh, if he does play again, I mean, I, I would be speechless. Might be the stupidest decision uh, the Broncos have made, even more stupid than paying that much money for him in the first place. Uh, maybe they're, they maybe, well, if he plays again this year, I think they're just trying to kill him. I think they're trying to, to kill Russell Wilson out of his, the money they owe him. Uh, can't pay a dead guy. Anything on that? Nope. Got knocked out. Looked wild. Look, he was, uh, yeah, he was, he was out. Had a big old weird, weird looking welt on his forehead. I don't know where that came from. Must have got hit, hit with a, a cleat or turf. I don't know, but uh, certainly wasn't a good look. Uh, yeah, no. Um, and then uh, Baker Mayfield obviously came back for the. Not he came to the Rams. He came to L.A. Uh, to the Rams game and and won in the last um, drive of the game. Although some stupid Raiders penalties kind of carried him into the end zone, so to speak. But he did make a couple nice throws that that drive as well, and killed my my Raiders um, uh, teasers. And that was that was hard, but it was still fun to watch, even though I lost. Um, Lost the teasers. I still ended up finding myself rooting for Baker uh, that last drive, but I was like, okay, I hope he can get to the red zone, and then and then maybe just someone drops the ball or something. But he still looks good. That was kind of my ideal scenario there. You got anything on Baker? Certainly a gutsy performance. You know, it wasn't great throughout the game. Um, it certainly was good considering all the uh, all the variables of him being there in less than two days. Um, you know, but it wasn't like it was a, a lights out, you know, stat sheet stuffing performance, but certainly, uh, showed his, his moxie, his charisma, the, the end of the game, you know, getting beat up and, and leading that drive did, did make some nice throws throughout the game. So impressive. Um, you know, it's his seventh, seventh coach now in his five seasons. So <laughs> a lot of disasters that he's been in. I think this is fantastic for him um just getting healthy and and be if there's if there's a coach that's going to unlock you know the the upside of baker mayfield it's uh it's sean McVay. so he's got an opportunity here to you know with the offensive guru not a lot of weapons around him because of all the injuries they have but you know sean McVay is gonna gonna get some production mm. out of baker mayfield so um definitely Definitely a uh, a a audition for the, for the remainder of his of his career. You know, if if it goes south, he could be he could never play in the league. Well, he'll you know maybe be on a roster, but he'll never get a chance to be the guy to be a, a starter. You know, he'll maybe fill in for an injury here or there. But if he looks good, he could be a starting quarterback next year and get some money in the off season. So huge opportunity for Baker. I'd I'd like to see him succeed here. But yeah, what you're saying? Uh, my take from last week's looking sparkling right now that Matt Stafford's not playing another game 
Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, you said you said potentially for you said he might retire entirely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my take. And okay. uh it's starting to the, the seed has now been planted to make that take a reality. Uh but let's move on to another seed in the dirt. Odell Beckham Jr., like we said, was not going to play this regular season. Uh the doctor in Dallas uh definitely is not a shit for brains. He knows that uh, people can't just play NFL football uh, seven, eight months after a an ACL tear, and especially after your second ACL tear, and and that that knee isn't holding up at the moment. I don't think he's gonna be as productive as he once was, um, even last year with the Rams, be, because uh, he. It's just tough to to be that dynamic of a of a route runner when your your knees are probably aching all the time from those surgeries and all of that rehab and it's not like it's not like the kid's just pain free out there like he's nearing 30 he's played a lot of NFL football he's probably got a lot of joint pain going on and and he's probably lost some speed and agility with that so don't think of OBJ anymore as as the guy. If you're drafting o, Odell Beckham next year, which people were drafting him in like the twelfth round in best ball, I couldn't believe it. Um, and so, don't draft him again next year because he's not. You're drafting a name, and you gotta you gotta be smarter than that, people. So that's what we're here to do to help you avoid these guys with injuries that have names that's like that's that's one of the reasons why you should listen to this and and follow us on twitter at return to play pod uh obj is is done being a top 12 wide receiver a top 15 20 wide receiver even yeah we we've been all over this um i don't think he's gonna play at all this year you know if he's not working out for teams and uh you know I, i don't think the knees the knees ready for him to uh to be out there um, if he thinks he's getting some sort of long-term deal or anything, you know, without working out or, you know, being able to show teams, you know, where he's at or what he can do, he's, uh, nuts. We already knew that though, uh, getting his holdout advice from, uh, Le'Veon Bell or something. But, uh, yeah, so he, he he's probably not playing at all this year. Um, I mean, this late in the year, it's, it's, uh, you know, not looking likely he's running out of time to kind of get up to speed and and get into a uh a camp somewhere you know practicing somewhere so you know he'll have enough time obviously he he should be you know if the surgery went well and the recovery's on track he'll he should be good to go next year especially uh you know with a full off season um camp preseason practicing all that um, but not worth, you know, not worth a high draft pick, like Steve was saying. This is a uh, big injury history, you know. So he's a he's a big a tier tier one injury guy now, um, and and with the limited reps the past couple of seasons, he's not going to be worth taking early in your drafts. Not not a high enough ceiling. Yeah, so that brings us to our next uh, receiver injury here. Debo Samuel had an ugly looking. Uh, Injury just turned out to just be a high ankle sprain. He got caught, um, you know, got got the foot caught as he got rolled up on, and then kind of completely rolled back over the 
over the pile, had a, a rough twisting of his knee. Um, anytime that happens, you know, you're at risk also for some ACL, MCL involvement. Sounds like he did have a minor sprain of the MCL too, but looks like he avoided, you know, serious damage. Might just be a couple weeks with the with the high ankle sprain is what it sounds like. So definitely dodged a bullet uh, for the Niners. Um, you know, he should be back for the playoffs. And, you know, it's not going to be a long-term thing that's going to carry into next year. So looked a lot worse than it ended up being, thankfully. Sucks for your... If you have Debo in fantasy... Sorry, but he's not coming back for your for your playoff run. Yeah, it's a tough, tough look. Let's move on to the dirty, stinking Bengals. Uh, those bastards, Trey Hendrickson, broke his wrist. I do feel uh, sorry for the individual there. But uh, broken wrist, they could club it up. He could play with the club. Uh, and at his position, you know, I bet he would still be fairly productive but tackling um tackling would be very hard to do at this level with a club that's really the reason why you don't see it too often in the nfl level or power five college because offensive players are are too fast and too strong and elusive to tackle with one hand and a and a club a club cast trey hendrickson probably out for this game as well as mike hilton did not practice with a is either a knee or an ankle, but he's banged up too. The Bengals are banged up right now. The sharp money is on Tampa Bay, a heavy sharp money midweek here on Tampa Bay. So I would imagine that's due to this injury report here, partly that Brady's going to have a little bit more time in the pocket without Trey Hendrickson and, and Mike Hilton in coverage. So uh, you don't want to play, you don't want to give Tom Brady any, anything, even even with this team, because they still are technically in first place of the shitty NFC South. So, you know, they they're playing this game, you know, full fully expecting to win, fully attempting to win and beat the Bengals. And I hope they do, because fuck them. And I hope the Browns and the Ravens both lose this week. Uh, they tie. I hope they tie. Bengals getting beat up on the defense, especially, but no, I've got I got nothing to add. You nailed it. Mari Cooper for the Browns, too, as well. Well, we'll just get right into heating pad. Ice pack. We got a few names here. Uh, no one at quarterback. Well, uh, let's just go to the Browns wide receiver. Amari Cooper, uh, hip, uh, was a non-participant Wednesday today, but uh, that was a precautionary, it says. So it looks like he will be playing Sunday. I believe that uh, someone's got to catch the ball. So right now it seems that it's, it's Cooper and Njoku with a dash of Peoples-Jones. Those are kind of the three targets for Deshaun there. Deshaun stinks. He's uh, not doing very well, and I don't expect him to do well against this Ravens defense. So I would stay away from all the Cleveland Browns this week. Uh, may, maybe Njoku, like, you know, if he's your tight end in your seasonal league, uh, I would I would just stick with him because he's got to get some targets and some catches, uh, uh, especially checkdowns. But uh, let's you know, yeah. What do you got for Browns here for Cooper? We'll be heating pad, ice packing. Sorry, I was zoned out looking at soccer stuff. Njoku, when healthy, has been playing good, so I, I I can say I'll say you can heating pad him, especially getting uh, chemistry with Watson. 
Mari Cooper has been real up and down this year. Um, last week was a down week, so I think he'll probably follow it up with a with an explosive week. So I'd, I'll say heating pad for both of them. You named him COVID Beasley on the <laughs> report or on our report here, and he is he's a Dallas Cowboy now. No, he's back. Know. He's back. The prodigal son has returned to the to the Bills. They just signed him. It's funny. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie on on his Twitter posted uh you know something being excited about Beasley coming back and someone responded uh stop uh something stupid like stop endorsing that anti-vaxxing loser or something stupid and Isaiah McKenzie responds but he's our anti-vax loser (laughs) it's like with like a heart or something uh which is pretty funny um, but yeah, Beasley back where he uh, where he belongs, where he had some real productive seasons. Uh, certainly, if you're in a full point PPR league, um, I think you know if your if your receiver depth isn't great, definitely something worth monitoring. You know how how deep is your bench? Might might want to put a put a spot for Beasley. Um, I'm a, I'm a ice pack this week, uh, but you know if he's if he's getting snaps and getting a lot of targets. Think he could be a a make or break guy for your playoff run in PPR specifically though. Yeah, definitely PPR only, and I would even go as far to say as I wouldn't touch him for maybe two or three weeks. I don't have the Bills schedule in front of me, but definitely th- this week against a pretty good Miami uh, secondary. And then they play the Bears and then the Bengals and then the Patriots. So that's, you know, other than the Bears game next week on Christmas Eve, um, those are three pretty tough defenses out of the last four games. And I I don't think that he's going to just uh, – he was, he was never that great last year, kind of got benched last year even. So I don't, I don't see him making a splash – I wouldn't. I wouldn't play him in my playoff league um, unless, like you said, super desperate. But I rather take a shot on uh, on some other guys that are still available in most leagues on the bench. There, he would be a tournament uh, DFS play there, especially next week against the Bears. Let's move on to the Patriots running back situation. Ramondre Stevenson did not practice. Well. Damian Harris was limited at practice. You know, running backs definitely very prone to be injured in December. Weather's getting colder, joints are getting a little stiffer, and you're just you have just been taking beatings every Sunday for the last 15 weeks. So it's it's really tough to be a running back in December. It definitely seems like Damian Harris is going to play with a limited practice today. I'd keep an eye on his practice report, but uh, Ramondre Stevenson completely out of practice off the field uh, with an ankle injury. So he's got a chance to play too. Both are obviously listed as questionable for the Patriots. You know, Ramondre Stevenson just had only 13 snaps in Monday's game against the Cardinals. So doesn't seem good. Good look for Ramondre. Ice pack on him. I would, however, play. Um, I would heating pad uh, Harris here against a pretty shitty Raiders defense. So, you know, if Harris is playing and Ramondre is not, I think Harris is is a good play. 
for fantasy. What do you got? I'm weary of the whole Pats backfield right now. Pretty banged up. I think it'll probably be a, a committee of who uh, whoever the hottest guy is is going to get more touches. So I'm an ice pack. I'd stay away from that backfield this week. Um, well, it's confusing because the, the third backup is Kevin Harris, another Harris, and then Pierre Strong, uh, two guys who have never – sounds like they've never played a snap of regular season NFL football. So good luck to them if they are playing. And if they are playing, I think it's uh, it would be a very long shot that either one of those guys ends up having a productive Sunday. But uh, so I'd stay away from all of them. Other than, like I said, I would play Harris if he's in your, if he's in a deeper league that you're playing this week. And then uh, Kenneth Walker, I believe. What do you got? I think he should be back. He's week. yeah, he's back to full practice or no no injury designation now with his uh, foot. So he's he's a hundred percent. I'm a I'm a heating pad for Kenneth Walker. A much needed boost for a, a struggling Seattle that's been. Uh, pretty stale without their uh, explosive running. So I'm a, I'm a big heating pad for Kenneth Walker this week. Yeah, plays. Well, if you're listening to this on Thursday, he plays tonight at home against the 49ers. So I think that wraps up all the injury talk, all the NFL talk. Let's get to the segments, which, as always, draw of the week to start us out World Cup finals. I have Argentina. They're the only team I picked to win the tournament, pre-tournament, 5-1. to one. They were one of the favorites, um, and I was between them and France. I was about to take France as, as well there. I didn't. I should have. Now I got to debate if I want to hedge or not because uh, France is a slight favorite to lift the cup at minus 115. However, this segment isn't talking about all of that. Although I, we have been just using this as our World Cup time, but the uh, the ninety minute line is uh, Argentina plus one eighty five, France is plus one seventy five. The draw is a low plus one ninety five. So they are expecting a low scoring tight game here, as one might would expect in a World Cup final. I like the first half draw here. The first half draw is actually minus 115. You have to pay juice on the first half draw. Um, But I would maybe, if you're looking to do a couple silly parlays, that would be a good one to to put in a parlay at minus 115 is is first half draw. Uh, What do you like for this game? And and then we're we're just going to give, I'm giving this out as as my draw of the week as well. Uh, Why not? But what what do you got on World Cup and, and draw of the week? I'm, I don't. I don't really know what to expect. Uh, so it makes it, it makes it a great, great final. I do want to give credit to uh, what Morocco just did. Oftentimes, when you see a, a Cinderella kind of make a make a deep run like that, I, I think back to like the 2010 Ghana um, that were a, a Luis Suarez handball away from the semis. They, you know, they still kind of, you know, you got the U.S. in the round of 16, who actually was a was a group winner that year. So Ghana getting through second in the group, they got a got a fairly easy team that had won a group. Um, so you know, it's usually a your Cinderellas often have a, a easy route to getting deep, um, which was not the case for Morocco. When you look at the the original draw of the of the seeded teams, you know those top teams that are in in the first pot. Um, Morocco got through three. They uh. Um, Belgium, Portugal, and uh, 
Spain um, all in that category. Uh, France was the fourth that they faced um, where they ultimately fell short, but it looked impressive still. I mean, even even though they didn't, you know, they they held their own and, and competed for much of that game. So the, the score sheet didn't really reflect uh, Morocco controlling a lot of that game. So very, very impressive. Morocco uh, got we they got lit up in a friendly against the U.S. this summer and uh, were unbeaten since um, since that game until today, to where they ultimately fell in the semis. First African team to ever make it to that stage to the semifinals of the tournament. Uh, well done, Morocco. On the on the contrast, Argentina has played zero. Haven't even played a seeded team. Um, one of the easiest routes to the final. Um, so you kind of really don't know what kind of, what Argentina really is. Uh, it, you know, are they the the team we saw the opening game against Saudi Arabia, uh, or are they the team that has just been uh, flowing ever since and 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 dominating everybody? So I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to expect. France is really going to be Argentina's first uh, first test here, but regardless, should be. A, a, I mean, there's there's star power on either side of the game. I do love that first half draw, France. I wasn't big on France coming into this tournament as banged up as they were. No Benzema, no uh, Conte, no Paul Pogba. Uh, Kimpembe hurt. Um, Lucas Hernandez tore his ACL early in, in that first game. So, very impressive. I mean, obviously, France is very deep, but what you know, missing all that star power to get to this point again is very incredibly imp- impressive. Um, so, I'm excited. It's gonna be a great game. I, I like. I give France a slight edge, uh, but that's not. That's neither here nor there. That's not my draw of the week. English football championship. The uh, the tier two of English football is back. Game starting up this weekend. I like. What do I like? I like. Who do I have? Oh yeah, here we go. My draw of the week: Preston North End and Queens Park Rangers. Two of the best names in the championship. Uh, both in the in the top half of the table, just you know, has all the feel of a draw. I couldn't tell you anybody off the top of my head that plays for either one of those teams, so I have have no dog in the fight. It just feels feels like a game that's going to end in a draw. Steve's like hot. It. Steve, you've hit three in a row of these, so let's three it. in a row. And I and I found one more while you were you were recapping the or talking the the final match here. So. You know, I still I'll still give out the the World Cup final as as my draw of the week and actually and the first half draw. So here's the third one as well. It's Women's Champions League Thursday, Arsenal versus Lyon, a plus two forty for the draw there. Women's Champions League. Don't ask me why. Sounds sounds good. I love it. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna go for for six and zero here on uh, in my last six on on draw of the week. Uh, I'd imagine we're we're about even money on these between the two of us because I feel like you were hot when I was ice cold, and then we both kind of lost a couple weeks in a row there, and I got hot and you were cold, so we might be down a, a couple units on these, but. Oh no, we are up. We are between the two of us. We are up with the two hot streaks. I mean, a lot of these are these are over plus two hundred. All of these. So we're well. You're right. So you you're up one unit every week that we split. Like yeah, we're up at right. least one unit. Yeah. Right. So so you are you are correct. We, we I have a, we have we're a slightly in the green for sure on the draw of the week. 
the problem is I haven't we haven't been writing down what our draws of the week are. So uh, we ha- we've not been doing a good job at keeping track of that. I'll tell you what, if anyone can tweet us at return to play pod on Twitter, if anyone can tweet us a list, it could be a screenshot, a list of all the draws of the week we've both had and who, you know, our record with the draws of the week. If someone does that for us, I will I will cash app you uh, $10. Nobody nobody is doing that for us. No, no, I'll cash <laughs> app you. Zero percent chance. I have been, I mean, when we when we do hit one, I usually usually tweet that out. But uh, I don't have yeah. a comprehensive yeah. list of it. So we'll we'll get on that next year. <laughs> we'll start tracking our draws of the week. So what what segment does that bring us to? Yeah, we got the uh, the fan favorite, the LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Have we have we done, when did Brittany Griner get freed? Have we done a podcast since LGBTQIA yeah. plus prisoner swap of the week? Um, yeah, we did that bit last. Okay, week. well, well, anyways, I'm going back to Carl Nassib. Kids playing excellent. Two tackles for loss. QB hit. Pass defended. Um, Tampa Bay is is struggling right now, but it's in no part to do to Carl Nassib. So he's our uh, what would this be? His fifteenth of the year at a boy going with the former All American, my Penn State boy, Carl Nassib, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. Uh, yesterday, uh, Biden signed the bill to protect uh, same-sex marriage, so you you got everyone can file their taxes jointly. So uh, good, good for us. Uh, why not? Why the fuck not? Um, who's to say who can't file their taxes together and and who can't? And there's, yeah, I won't get into it, but there's should be a separation of church and state. We're we're not an oligarchy. Blah blah blah. Let's get into the greasy gambling picks. That's what everyone's really here for. This is probably the best part of every show by far. And so let's get into it. Jimmy is fucking atrocious. He is yet again gone 0-3, and it is of no coincidence that he didn't make a fucking Twitter graphic, and he's gone 0-3 every single time that he does not make the Twitter graphic. So it's his own fault. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, I'm gonna bet that Jimmy doesn't make the graphic again this week, unless I explicitly tell him to tonight and then again tomorrow, he'll probably make the graphic then. But I think I'd rather just not have him make a graphic and go 0 and 3 again. Uh, I do like his Lions pick. Here's his first pick's the Lions minus one. Uh on the road against the Jets. Lions are red hot. Jets are falling apart with Mike White. Uh, but and the sharp money is is actually on the lines, although it's kind of teeter tottered. So there is no sharp play here yet. Uh, I I just the lines are just the hotter team, and it's uh, it's it's a bad defense versus a mediocre Jets offense, and then a pretty good Lions offense versus a very good Jets defense. So uh, on in my football brain, I think I give the edge to the Jets at home here against Jimmy's pick. It's a stay away game for me. His uh, next pick, also don't hate this pick. I actually do like this pick. Uh, The Ravens plus two and a half. I think if you're going to bet the Ravens, you should do it now. I think this line moves a lot closer to to one, one and a half by kickoff uh, because Tyler Huntley is practicing again. Looks like he's going to return from his concussion. 
and it looks like um, Deshaun Watson is utter trash and a piece of shit. So it's two pieces of shit teams. Give me the points in this divisional matchup. Now Jimmy's lock of the week is a trash pick. It is the Bills minus seven at home divisional game. Supposed to be shitty weather. Um, Don't give me minus seven points in a divisional game in bad weather. That just goes against science. So there's Jimmy's picks. I do want to add, I, I can go next, but I just because I just want to say, I just saw a report right now that uh, Kareem Benzema could be available for the World Cup final, which really changes things. Went down in, uh, in training in, in, the, in the practice, early practices of the World Cup and was given a, a three-week window with a, some sort of thigh injury, a quad strain or some of some sort. Um, and now I'm reading available reading a report that he may be available on Sunday, which would be a mm. huge boost for France, obviously. So we'll get that as there becomes more detail. We'll get that out. Um, that might you might might be a good idea to put uh, sprinkle some French lines a little bit because that would be a huge boost. Well, uh, would, it, would it though? Uh, the chemistry would the chemistry be there though with with him having not been playing for these past. Five games. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he'll be he'll be it'll be it would be a situation where he would come off the bench. He's not going to start and give you a ninety or one hundred twenty minutes. But you know, if if Argentina gets an early goal, um, and you have a a super sub in the second half to give you a little bit of juice, I mean, it's regardless. It's the it's the you know this the guy won the won the Ballon d'Or for a reason. I mean, he's a uh, a goal scoring machine. Was really uh peaking yeah elite uh unfortunately picked up a knock in training right before the cup started but uh would be a huge boost for france regardless of how you look at it well i would i would say if if argentina goes up a goal i would live bet france oh yeah that's that's the that's the that's the one right there that's the move yeah that's the um, move. but yeah you can you can go ahead with lance's picks then because i'm still yeah, so- I'm down to, i got four i'm trying to figure out which one i'm cutting off uh, so, you know, like I said at the top of the show, going to uh, Lance's apartment in, in downtown Charlotte for the weekend, little boys weekend, going to the Steelers game Sunday after going, you know, to the bar to watch the World Cup final and then walking right over to the stadium. Going to be a nice day. Then uh, so he wanted he wanted to give some picks. His his World Cup pick is Argentina to lift the cup. And I'm just going to go ahead and say he's he's going to take Argentina in regulation time as well, but uh, that goes against draw of the week. So you know maybe maybe I'll talk him out of that one. His NFL picks, he is taking the Bears plus nine at home. The Bears are playing. Who are the Bears playing? Eagles at home. That's right. The Eagles at home. Nine's a lot of points. Uh, Justin Fields, however, didn't practice today. Bears coming off the bye week. Chase Claypool is questionable with a knee injury. Did not practice today as well. So uh, not that Chase Claypool is a dominant game changer, a game wrecker. But without Darnell Mooney and without Chase Claypool, they're down to Byron Pringle and, uh, you know, a couple randos. So I think the Eagles defense could definitely you know bottle up justin fields then um 
and probably play man coverage against those guys. Whereas if Claypool's out there, you might not get away with man coverage uh, as well. So I do like the Bears plus nine pick, but um, I could see it getting ugly. And the Bears are clearly trying to tank as well, I think. Regardless, his next pick is the Vikings minus four and a half. That's the first Saturday game. Vikings are at home at 1 p.m. against the Colts. You know, Kirk Cousins in the 1 p.m. slot. It, uh, he's the 1 p.m. God. I think this is, I would say it was a trap game for the Vikings, but the Vikings are on a losing skid and are in must-win mode right now to, you know, maintain their, they're going to win the division, but uh, they, they could definitely drop down to like the three or the four seed now if they keep losing. Uh, the problem here, though, is that everybody is betting on the Minnesota Vikings right now. They're getting like 80% of the tickets and the money. And that's never a good sign. Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're getting 61% of the tickets, but only 20% of the money is being bet on the Vikings. So the Vikings is a huge square uh, public chalk play. All the money is on the Colts right now, plus four and a half. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts. I'm going to fade Lance here. I'm going to take them. And I think Lance is sitting at 0-1 to start the, the weekend here. But his lock of the week, I don't hate it. It's the Kansas City Chiefs minus 14 at the Houston Texans. Uh, Houston Texans have pretty much locked up the uh, the number one overall pick. So I don't think they're in like a tank mode per se, but, and I think they kind of blew their wad last week in the battle for Texas there. So I'll read you the, the numbers here on this. The, the tickets are split down the middle 50, 50 between the chiefs and Texans yet 99% of the money is being bet on the Texans plus 14. Yeah, everyone who bets six figures is betting on uh, the Texans here to cover 14 points. I could see it happening. The problem is no Brandon Cooks. It looks like no Nico Collins. And they're they're playing Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. So I don't know. I don't see the... I don't see the Chiefs defense having a problem keeping the Texans under 17 points, perhaps, uh, especially when they kept the Bengals to like, you know, 24 points. Well, uh, uh, 27, but you get what I'm saying. I think the Chiefs are, are locked in for December here. I don't think it's an early season game where the Chiefs usually usually blow blow a lead or have to come from behind and win it with Mahomes. So, I don't know, 14's a lot, though. I don't hate that pick. Uh, Danny, why don't you go ahead? We are uh, giving lots of picks here. Um, but I, So I, I had it down to four. First of all, I do want to shout out Steve for keeping us above 500 as a, as a pod. Man is on a hot streak. Sizzle, sizzle. If we, if we had the sound effects, this would be the time to use them. <laughs> Because Steve is hot. So I I do like that Ravens pick. But since Jimmy has it in, uh, in, in goodness to our pod of giving us diversity of picks, um, that's the one I'm going to take off. Um, so let me start with my lock of the week. It is 
the Duluth Trading Care Bowl, <laughs> UTSA and Troy, two uh, two conference champs that had fantastic seasons. I really like Troy in this game. They've been hot. Um, there are, I believe, eight or nine straight wins. Well, UTSA has also been hot, but Troy especially, uh, minus one and a half. I think Troy wins this game handily. They they have a great defense. They they shut teams down. They really are a um a that crazy hail mary at Appalachian State away from being twelve and one right now, and their lone loss being at Ole Miss in a game that was a tough fought game that was actually a lot closer than people expected. Obviously, we didn't know at that point how good Troy actually was, but this is a very very good team. Um, I like Troy to win this game. Uh, so that's my lock of the week. I also like. The New Mexico Bowl, we got BYU is plus three and a half. Sounds like quarterback Jaron Hall might not be available, which is definitely a huge um, concern. But regardless, I think top to bottom, BYU is the much more talented team compared to SMU. Uh, Was pretty plagued by injury this year. Played a tough schedule, had a lot of Power 5 teams, uh, but just, you know, got real beat up through the thick of the season. Uh, should be f- a lot more healthy, though, so I like BYU to win outright, and if you're giving me points, I, I like that pick. So if Jaron Hall g- is good to go, I definitely would hammer that one. Uh, and then we'll go to the NFL for the third one. I like the Steelers. FanDuel only has it plus 2.5. Most other places it's plus 3. So unfortunately, I lose that half a point, but it doesn't matter. I don't care who's at quarterback. The Steelers should not be a team that are going to struggle against the Carolina Panthers. So that should be a win. No excuses. Mason Rudolph, Kenny Pickett, Trubisky, I don't care who's in there. They all should be able to beat the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Another one. So that's my three. One that I do like that's, that is a potential Twitter pick um, is, is mine from last week, the, uh, the Fresno State pick, which really came through for me. Um, I, I can't, I don't know if Jake Hayner is going to play, if he's going to opt out of this game. Um, they are currently minus three and a half in the, the Jimmy Kimmel LA bowl presented by stifle, whatever the hell that means. If Jake Hayner is playing hammer, hammer Fresno state. That's a, that's a Twitter pick. If Jake Hayner opts out or whatever, then hammer wazoo because this fresno team is a completely different they are te- they got spanked by yukon without hayner and they just are rolling everybody with him healthy so if he's playing if he's in the game or not in the game depends on who you should hammer so so stay tuned yeah so good luck betting bowl games especially the early ones they are typically wonky and i have typically not done well at all with them they are very tough and usually things go out the window, uh, or I should say like logic and handicapping kind of goes out the window with um, some of these bowl games coming up here. So good luck to you. And also, uh, speaking of Twitter picks, we went, what, one, two, three, four and one in Twitter picks last Sunday. So suck our dicks. Uh, we got zero retweets, zero likes. Uh how many people even looked at that tweet? Only 94 people looked at that tweet. You're all sleeping on fucking money, people. Four and one in Twitter picks. Three and oh in my last three. Uh, what is that? Uh, or no, I went to, I went two and one in my last three. But 
it is it is incredible how how much better we do at the Twitter picks compared to our actual pod picks. Well, because the Twitter picks come out an hour before kickoff. When yeah, when I know you have more info. All, yeah, that's very info. true. Yeah, tough uh, to make so, picks on a Wednesday for sure. And and uh, we're still doing all right at it, uh, other than Jimmy. Uh, two two early bets for bowl games I like here uh, for the bigger ones. Uh, first. Uh, get on South Carolina, the Gamecocks, plus two and a half against Notre Dame. This is a December 30th bowl at 3 p.m. I don't know. The FanDuel doesn't have the bowl game name up. Uh, look for the bowl game name there for that. And then my that's second. A, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Oh, I love that's it. For, that's, that's still weeks away. Are you just giving like future? Early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay. I think the lines are going to move. Definitely, yeah. With, all, with the opt-outs, they're gonna, these are going to swing drastically, a few of them. Yes. So I think Notre Dame has more candidates to, to declare than the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks finished this season red hot, beating Clemson. Uh, they are definitely, and I believe the quarterback's a senior and is not, you know, an NFL prospect to like, you know, he has to play another game to, to make his case for the league. So I think South Carolina is playing for a lot more than Notre Dame right now. And they're, and, and one team is finishing red hot Notre Dame on the other end is uh mediocre at best this season so that and then obviously this one is is so obvious you gotta take mississippi state they are plus two and a half january 2nd against illinois uh they're plus 115 on the money line to win straight up take either one you you know uh this team is now is now playing for for the memory and legacy of mike leach and uh, they definitely they definitely should be, and I I don't see it any other way. So that line I think will definitely move a little bit closer towards uh, even, maybe maybe sooner rather than later. Right now there's more money on Illinois actually. Uh, I think that'll change. Those are my two early ones, but but for my three picks this week, first I'm going back to the Jags. The Jags are plus four and a half at home against the Cowboys. So it's Cowboys and Dak on the road in the Florida Florida weather. Uh, not supposed to be any any bad weather there, but you know, just outside, they're a dome team. They just had a very tough tough win against the uh, the Texans, and now the Jags are kind of feeling themselves and starting to develop an identity. And, and Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like a number one overall pick. And so I think they, they keep it close in this game here. Um, and the and the Cowboys defense is kind of starting to slack a little bit. They're kind of start. They had a lot of injuries this past week. And I don't know if they're going to recover from all of those DB injuries they have. So Jags plus four and a half. Miami Dolphins, I swear to God I picked this before Jimmy gave his Bills lock, and uh, Danny's my witness. The, all the sharp money is on the Dolphins right now. Like I said with Jimmy, when Jimmy picked it, it's a divisional game. Bad weather. The Dolphins uh, can can still play in the bad weather. They're, they're running the ball pretty good. 
And I, I just don't see it being a Bills blowout, especially after last week giving up the lead to to the Jets there to let the Jets cover two backdoor. So even if the Finns are down, I think they're good for a backdoor cover or a push. And then my lock of the week, it's tomorrow night or tonight if you're listening to this on day one. It's the Seattle Seahawks. Plus three. It's already moved down from three and a half. They're at home against Barack Purdy and the 49ers. Like we said, Debo, he's out. What are they going to do? Hand the ball off to McCaffrey. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks are are good enough to stop that. They have a very good secondary. And they're getting Kenneth Walker back now. So the stars are all aligning for a Seahawks team that is now fighting to make the playoffs um, once again after having a somewhat comfortable lead. So I think the NFC West stays interesting. And to do that, the Seahawks uh, need to advance over the 49ers here. So give me the home dog on Thursday night plus three. Yeah, so big weekend uh, plan, World, World Cup final. Bowl games are starting. NFL is on Saturday. Uh, the weather, I I believe, is supposed to be nice all over the country, or at least not um, stormy or snowy. So go out and enjoy. Enjoy the the good weather here while it lasts. And then yeah, Christmas is already next week, fellas. So make sure you got your, your Christmas shit in line. And uh, all the stockings are stuffed. The presents are are wrapped here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna be a degenerate with Lance this weekend, so so I'm not gonna be able to um, have the plan of watching the Saturday games while you know maybe online Christmas shopping or uh, wrapping gifts while the Saturday games are going. I think that's a good plan for anyone else out there who might not have it all together yet. And I'd also warn you if you are online shopping this late in the season that uh you you might not get your amazon shit uh in a week right now it's it's a couple things have been delayed or i had a present i bought for Teresa got lost in transit and they're just like yeah sorry uh got lost and we're not replacing it uh because i got it on sale so like even you know a pretty big sale so they're like, yeah, we're not replacing this item, and uh, you have to call custom Amazon customer service to get a refund. I can't just even click the button, even though they're acknowledging uh, that that I deserve the refund. So that's great. That's fun. Happy holidays. Uh, drive safely, especially if you're down here in the Mid-South. No one uses a fucking turn signal still. And above all... Stay healthy, America.